Hi, welcome to And It's Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check our website at anditswriting.com. I'm Amy Avery, writer of adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the pen name Avery Ames. And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, so today we're going to talk about, as you know, Bob, conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Which happen a lot. It's like that moment when you're trying to explain like a magic system and you're like, well, as you know, Bob, if you want to use the color red, you just do this. And I feel like it happens a lot in like, uh, I remember like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I feel like I see it in magic systems. I think I've seen Brandon Sanderson do this before, (laughs) even though, you know. He knows the rules, but like, it's like one character, like trying to explain another thing to another character so that the reader understands, like, as you know, Bob, the holiday is tomorrow. Uh Oh, good. Yeah. So like, if you don't know what, as you know, Bob means, that's what it means. It's trying to show something to the reader by using dialogue (laughs) as explanation dialogue, which, yeah, it doesn't work because characters don't talk to each other that way people don't talk to each other that way when when if if we all knew how to do magic we wouldn't have to say well as you know bob uh if you want to make macaroni and cheese with your magic you know you do this and this and that we don't talk like that to each other because we all know the rules Mm -hmm. so it's like how do we avoid doing that and still get the information to the reader yeah and especially it's especially egregious if both characters already, like you said, know the thing. You know, they know how to make macaroni and cheese. It's a little, it's still kind of annoying sometimes, but less so when it's a character explaining something to a character that doesn't know it. That's not quite an as you know, Bob. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of mention that because, yeah, that's like a, you put a character in that's the, for example, like the Sherlock Holmes and Watson. You put in a character that's the Watson that doesn't, you know, isn't putting together the pieces like Sherlock. So Sherlock can be like, aha, Watson, I've put this together. And Watson's like, wow, I didn't know that. (laughs) Whereas if it's two people who are like preparing for, you know, they're getting ready for a wedding. And one of them's like, well, as you know, the wedding is today. It's like, well, no shit. You're both getting ready. You both know this. Why would you be talking about, you don't talk about that if you already both know it. Right. So I think the, yeah, the core question is then how do you convey that information to the reader for something like the wedding it's really simple because you just show them getting ready for it but for something more complex like the magic system how do you convey that <laughs> well avery as you know <laughs> as you know just just do it that that's the thing like <laughs> This it's you know I I laugh because like I used to do this either you know uh-huh. I was one of those people that was like it either needs to be shown in dialogue what is going on or it needs to be shown in exposition like where you mm-hmm. just explain it like and, and as a writer <laughs> you get locked up in this it's like if if I'm not doing it in dialogue and I'm not doing it with exposition how the f- do I do it you know like how the f like and, <laughs> and you know with a lot of reading, you know, comes this realization that you are being sucked into a book because the 
the writer is writing words on the page that captivate you. And Mm -hmm. what's captivating is opening a book and something is happening and you're like, what is happening? The the wedding is (laughs) happening. The magic is happening right in front of your face. You have to trust your readers to be intellectuals of some degree. So like, if if you have a first page starting and someone is in the middle of waving a hand and, and the glass or in the sand in an hourglass is suddenly turning to water in the, on the first page, you know that that is not right. And that there is, there are greater forces at work here. You don't need a person to, to be sitting at the desk with this hourglass with waving their hand and being like, well, as you can see, I can, you know, it's it's easy, Phil. I can just turn <laughs> I can turn the sand into water, as you can see. See how I'm doing this. And Phil, who sees this every day, is like, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> like, you don't need that. Just show the sand turning to water. It's very simple. Um, I think overcomplicating it in our heads is something that we writers do because we think that no one's gonna get us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no one's gonna get me if I just suddenly start writing the magic happening right before the the reader's very eyes. But in fact, that is what the reader wants you to do. I think that was what I was gonna say was yeah that it's it a lot of times comes from a reluctance to trust the reader to put things together on their own from the clues, and I think readers are smarter than you think they are sometimes mm-hmm. and it's not even like you're like oh these people are stupid they're not going to get it but you're like i just really want to make sure that they know yeah so trust your readers uh it's actually rewarding for readers to put the pieces together um the problem solving is actually like it, it's it, there have been studies it's it's it, you get a little reward zap when you put two pieces of a puzzle together um, and so when people are like, oh, I see, even if it's something small like that, like, oh, he made the, he, I see what he did there. Uh-huh. He turned it into water. There's a little tiny reward zap of your brain being like, ah, <laughs> you, you figured something out. I figured it out. Even if it's really, really, really teeny. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the other thing we wanted to kind of going back to something else you said that I wanted to touch on was giving information either through dialogue or through exposition. And I think sometimes a little exposition is fine as long as you like don't make their eyes glaze over, glaze over a little bit. Right. But I think that as you know, Bob, comes from reading advice like don't do info dumps, don't do exposition info dumps. And they're like, well, what if I put it in dialogue? Now it's not an info dump, is it? It's still an info dump. There are, yeah, and and I think, you know, I think that's why people do it, especially with, you know, magic systems. I do read a lot of fantasy, so I I am a little biased toward Mm -hmm. this genre. Um, People think, they get in their head, okay, I can't do exposition. I can't explain anything. So how do I get this one (laughs) little piece of information that I really am having trouble showing, right? I've tried the show versus tell thing. I can't fit this little piece of information in. Okay, if you have done everything in your life to try to get this on the page without doing exposition or dialogue it's and you can't do it it's time to put a sentence of explanation in like it sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to and and i think that the way that some people do it is like with a character's thought process mm-hmm. 
like that it can be done that way but also sometimes doing the thought process thing it's like well why is that character thinking about that why are they doing that okay well that's not working either just give yourself one line of exposition let yourself get it on the page because i can mm-hmm. guarantee that one line of exposition is not gonna <laughs> be the, the the um the deal breaker with an agent or an editor the editor may see it and be like actually i have another way you can handle this mm-hmm. the agent might be like actually i can overlook this like this is this is something <laughs> that is not gonna get your book rejected you know like it's it's not it that's not how it works unfortunately well fortunately it doesn't work that way we get second chances it's 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 just you know it's practice you have to you have to practice the show and tell boss for a little while you'll find ways to show things like you know and, and and show the reader that hey this is happening and i'm a confident writer who doesn't think that my readers are stupid <laughs> here have this information and also this is a sentence you need so i'm gonna put this exposition right here and that's okay yeah i like that more than i like as you know bob conversations i cringe at those mm-hmm. i don't often cringe at exposition unless it's longer than like four sentences and it starts to get too much mm-hmm. and even then it's less of a cringe and more of a just i'm gonna skim this yeah <laughs> whereas when it's as you know bob it's just because at least the exposition isn't characters acting yeah out of character or acting in ways where you're like nobody would do that because it's exposition you're like okay well i'm starting to get a little bored but yeah i, I can make it through this but if it's the characters being like haha we're going to explain you're like that's weird and people don't do that and so now i'm feeling like uncanny valley and i don't like it (laughs) yeah no it yeah i have a really good example of this actually so there's i think i believe it's in the second book of the game of thrones series uh game of thrones series a song of ice and fire um yeah i was trying to remember what the second book was is it clash of kings is that the second one it is yeah. clash of kings and it's about it's Tyrion's like first or second chapter he he's coming into the city after joffrey has taken over as king and it's basically a wreck like nothing is right um he talks to i believe it's joffrey's mother there's a there's a there's a scene in which he has a conversation with her and george R. R. martin had every opportunity in that scene for Tyrion to start talking about how ugly and awful the city looks, right? He didn't. Mm-hmm. He focused on those characters at the time. And then what he did was he took that scene and then the next scene was Tyrion outside and he was just seeing it all. He was just seeing it all. But he had already walked into the city. He already saw the mess. Like, you know, but he, it, he mm-hmm. avoided it in dialogue and then just simply showed it in the next scene and like sort of let that, like, I think he he briefly is like, your city's kind of disgusting, you know, like, <laughs> he briefly mentions it, but that's not what the conversation's about. Um, and, and he does it very well. And I think the more you read, the more you can sort of see other writers do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes kind of taking, like, just looking at a bit of, and once again, put this in your rough draft. Yeah. Um, and then when you're editing, go, oh, this is a little, as you know, Bob. Yes. Bob ish. And then you can look at it and say, okay, well, I can kind of go around it a little bit by saying like how they feel about a thing without explaining what the thing is fully. So an example, they're both getting ready for the wedding and it is the day of the wedding and you don't want them to say, 
as you know, we're getting ready for the wedding. You could have one person be like, oh, my God, I hope I don't trip when I walk down the aisle or something like that. Yep. Have them be like thinking about something related to the thing without like explaining what the thing is in a way that like the the reader goes, ah, OK, I know uh -huh. what's going on here. Again, the putting pieces together. Your readers are smart. Yeah. I didn't know that when I started writing. I thought all my readers were stupid. No. And so I'd explain everything <laughs> yeah. to them. Like I just hand feed them information. And then my book was like 300,000 words. And I was like, why? <laughs> I do think this is part of the what happens with overwriters is over explaining mm -hmm. a lot of things that could probably be cut. And that's one of the things that also beta readers can help you with because uh, I actually have heard of a trick that some people do where they'll have their beta readers if they're if they're doing the thing where they're reading like in word and marking it up and adding comments, they'll have them like highlight a certain mm -hmm. color or leave a comment when they start losing interest or their eyes start glazing over and be like, this is a whole paragraph of history. And they just like <laughs> highlight it like this is where I yep. got bored. <laughs> and that can be either, like I said, the exposition or the as you know bobs yep and there's no reason to get offended by that stuff because everyone does it and oh and yeah. it really does take a second set of eyes to notice it because we spend tons of time with our books we know exactly what we wrote like we we understand what we wrote perfectly and then and then some and then we are trying to re-explain it to another reader like oh i know what this means but they might not and we catch ourselves over explaining so like that's why it's so important to find at least one other reader to just be like yeah i got a little it got a little wordy in here. And also this, you know, this dialogue seems stilted and I can't put my finger on why. And then you look at it it's like, oh, because this is an, as you know, Bob conversation, mm -hmm. of course, because I think that in dialogue, the moment you do it, it makes the whole dialogue seem fake. And mm -hmm. it, that's why it's so bad to do it in dialogue. I would rather you do it in exposition because the moment the dialogue has the, as you know, Bob shit in it it gets so fake and immediately your, you know, the belief of that conversation is gone. Like you do not believe that conversation exists. That is a conversation there to hold your hand and help you. And you know it, your reader knows it. So yeah. 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 I didn't even think about that, that yeah, it kind of eliminates trust in a way of like that the world is authentic and real. It kind of breaks that illusion of the immersion because it does have that moment where somebody's like, wait a minute. And anytime somebody has to stop and go, wait a minute, then they're not in your right. story anymore. Yep. So yep. do you have any, we're starting to come up on time. Any final tips? I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. That's all I've got too. So, all right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com. And a reminder that if you heard anything in the episode that interested you, please check out the show notes for links and information.